that needs a governess until September. Until September? To take care of seven children. Seven children? Do you like children, Maria? Well, yes, but I'm seven. Okay, now all right. Hello. 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 Hi. Two, three, four, You're five. Okay. Doing. I'm knitting. Knitting stuff. I'm almost to the end of this row, and then I'm done. <laughs> Do you want to pause? No, it's fine. We can pause. Hi, everybody. Hi. Welcome to the show. Yeah. Yeah. We are on movie number forty, <gasps> ladies and gentlemen. We have cracked the top four. Well, we've hit the top, top forty. Four. Well, we can crack the top forty. You can count. We are now Casey Kasem. Yes, <laughs> we are now Casey. That's the worst. That Casey is the worst Casey Kasem I have ever heard. You know, I did it on the fly. I wasn't going for you know anything what? major, so okay. Suck it. <laughs> Speaking of Casey Kasem, except not at all. What? What did we watch, Jeff? <laughs> we watched The Sound of Music. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. We even stopped for the intermission. We did. We went and got food. <laughs> we got food. <laughs> at, at a decent time, you know. Yeah. Three-hour movie. We're actually recording this at a pretty decent time. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Might actually, Colin might not actually interrupt us if do you, we... Do you want me to do all the opening normal stuff? No, I will do the do? opening normal stuff. Okay. So this is Sound of Music. You can give me the year. Oh, I can give you the year. The year yep. is 1965. Okay, from 1965. Indeed. Not a musical biography. Yes. It has an 8.0 out of 10. Indeed. On IMDb. No meta score because it's too old. And no Roger Ebert. Really? I find that interesting. If you go to his website, because his website's become this whole, like, oh, they do reviews for all sorts of movies and stuff like that. Other people have done the reviews. They, like, other people, like, somebody else has reviewed it, but he never reviewed it. That's interesting. Which is very strange. But, But, uh, yeah. So, uh, and real quick. Starring Julie Andrews, yes. Christopher Plummer. Those uh, are the very two big names. very young Christopher Plummer. Yes. Who looked exactly like Michael Fassbender. Indeed. Jeff agrees with me on <laughs> I this. I totally agree. So much to the point where uh, that is number eight of Stuff nice. and Things with Sorry, Jeff. Sorry, I ruined it. <laughs> no, no, I didn't tell you what those were. Oh, okay. So it's my fault, if anything. Um, a real quick side note about this film. Yeah. Because it was what I was finding out when we were watching it. Okay, so this movie, you probably, do you talk about it on the trivia? I don't know. The trivia is really long, so I haven't read all of it. Okay. So this movie... Okay. So this movie is the film adaptation of the musical that was on Broadway. Yep. Rodgers and Hammerstein. Yes. Which in itself... Oh, South Pacific, I think, is Rodgers and Hammerstein, too. I don't like that one either. Oklahoma's another one. Yeah. I don't like Rodgers and Hammerstein musicals. Uh, This being probably the one exception. Darn, I was gonna give you... Oh, you ruined it. Yes, this is the exception. I love this. Oh, I'm sorry. I remember what you were... Yes. Sorry. No, it's fine. That's, it's, not a spo- it's not spoiling, like, my summary or anything. Um, No, this is See, a... I stopped knitting. This is the movie version of the musical Broadway that in itself was an adaptation of a 1956 German film, which in itself was an adaptation of the memoirs written by the real Maria Von Trapp. Yes. So this, as you said, what is the third generation? Because it started off as a book. And then it became it became a movie, which became a musical, which became a book or a movie again. So they pulled It was a, a book that became a, a movie, movie a, a normal mo- film. A um, film that became a musical, a Broadway musical that became a 
movie musical. So it's one it's one shy of An the producers. based on a movie. <laughs> Sorry, there's a line in Thirty Rock where Jenna when wins some award like best actress in a movie based on a book based on a movie or something like that. <laughs> Well, because that's how it's the producer the producers were was a movie based upon was a is a movie version <laughs> of the musical based upon the musical which was based upon the movie. Yes. Because the producers was a Mel Brooks film from yeah. the 60s that yeah. he then turned into the musical cool. that got turned into the movie. movie. So it, yes. it got multiple versions too. So random finds. So uh quick uh opinions of the movie? Because we haven't done that really, we haven't done that this early on in a while. Uh did you like Yes, I like the sound of music. Yes. End of sentence. <laughs> That's not my summary, but end of sentence. I liked it. Thank you. I, you don't have to love it and you don't have no, to watch it over and over again. No. I, I don't. Like, that's not how I feel about it. But. I liked this movie a hell of a lot more than I expected to like it. Honestly. Good. I'm glad. Um, Shot very pretty. It yes. looks beautiful. Very beautiful for a movie that's, what, 40, almost 50 years yeah. old? It'll be 50 years old next year? Yep. Movie looks brilliant. Yep. But, so yeah, I would recommend it. I'd recommend it, people. So, uh, you want to do your uh, your stuff? What is the IMDb summary? We oh, should, I'm sorry. We did not do that. I apologize. We did not. But that one we forgot to do. A woman leaves an Austrian convent to become a governess to the children of a naval officer widower. And that story takes three hours. <laughs> Two hours and 54 minutes. <laughs> it doesn't seem like it should, but it does. And it doesn't feel that long. No, no, no. And that's that's exactly what I was just going to say. It's like, it it's a movie that takes that long, but doesn't feel like a three-hour movie. It, it falls in line, I feel. Actually, I feel like this movie moved better than Titanic did. Well, yeah. And Titanic moved fairly well, but this one really just... Does not feel like three hours. You know what doesn't feel like three hours is Deer Hunter. Yes. Deer Hunter was crazy. You want to move this? Hold no, on. I was just making... I didn't know what I was touching with my foot. So I was there just we making go. sure it was okay. No more tapping, tap, tapping. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Also, my phone wasn't on silent. <gasps> it's fine now. If R2 made his sound, we would have been sued. See, here's the problem. My email alert on my phone is so loud. Like, that R2 tone I have yeah. is so loud that if I turn down the volume so it's not so loud, like, when I'm out in public, I can't hear my phone ring. Yeah. You should be able to. You can change now the individual sounds, I think. Anyways, doesn't When I matter. downloaded it, I made it too loud because oh, okay. I did it from, like... Eight tracks, or I did it from like ringtones. I can't remember where I got it from. I did it from eight tracks. I had this copy of a sound effect thing. That I, I don't use. know. Sorry. Anyways, uh, what is what is your comment? If you don't like the sound of music, you're dead inside. Is yes. that what I said? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you don't have to love it. You don't have to listen to it continuously and know all the words. But just, it's a nice movie. I would. I probably would like. There's to nothing see... really to make. Fu- we didn't make fun of this no. movie hardly at all. I did I maybe don't like. Think. I did like maybe four comments the entire time. Yeah, and I, you're allowed to. Yeah, it's and I pretty freaking... much stopped making notes after intermission. Yeah, and like I said to Jeff when I was little, I never made it past the intermission because that was like it gets sad in the yes. middle. Like, well, I guess I guess it's more sad if I never finish the movie because Maria leaves and then apparently my version never comes back. Yeah, your version. Well, you know, he just he marries. No, the I think I shut it off and... even before the Baroness tells Maria to leave. Oh wow! I think I shut it off after they're done singing. 
so, so good. The, well, then your so long farewell of Peter saying goodbye. So then your version is is just well the kids go to sleep and everybody lives happy except yep. for Maria. She's just the housemaid basically at yeah. that point or the nanny at that well, point. Well, no, obviously I remember the cemetery part at the very very that's end, true. and I that's know true. that the Nazis were in it, and that's all I really remember. I I blocked out like other scenes apparently. <laughs> this movie is kind of structured like Titanic, where like the first half is very much like female centric, like female friendly, and the second half is like oh shit guys might like. What is that supposed to mean? I just, it is. I just noticed that like, I like it is. dude boobies. Well, I'm just saying, like, it, I just realized that the similar structure, because, like, I always loved the no, second half No, there's less, the Titanic. kids sing less in the second half, and I think as a kid, that's why I liked it less. Was because it it's, didn't It was have too much grown-ups. Yeah, and it, it was became a grown-up. Yeah, it was too much weddings and Nazis and stuff <laughs> I didn't understand about, you know, the Anschluss and Germany and Austria. Oh, weddings and Nazis. <laughs> Sounds like a it's weird... It's my memoir. My, yeah, it's my a, forthcoming memoir. It's a weird memoir. No. I don't really know memoir. what it's about, but it's weird. Um, all right. Well, let me do the uh, let me do the awards. I'm going to try really hard not to sing. Please please do not. You did not bring your sheep. My goat. goat. No, I forgot it. I'm sorry. I'm very disappointed in you. I'm sorry. <sighs> tisk tisk. Anyways, uh, the awards. There was a total of 29 awards this film was uh, nominated for. It was nominated for 10 Oscars. 10. 10. How many? 10. Film, the the awards that it was nominated, or the Oscars that it was nominated for but did not win. Okay. Includes Best Actress in a Leading Role. Julie Andrews. Julie Andrews. Best Actress in a Supporting Role for Peggy Wood. Best Cinematography, Color. Best Art Direction, Color. Oh, Mother Abbess is Peggy Wood. Okay. Right. Uh, they want to, yeah, the, the, yeah, the mother. Yeah. Uh, best art direction, set direct, decoration, color. Okay. And best costume design, yes. color. A lot of just specific, because again, Baroness might period. be a bitch, but that dress she wears at the dance is really pretty. With the gold one? Yeah, with the yeah, big puffy thing. Very shiny and sparkly. <laughs> Make me attracted to her. Um, the, Are you a fish? I could have been. I could be. Maybe partially. It's possible. Yes. Uh, the the Oscars that yes, it was nominated and. for, but one or and one, not but one and one, was best picture. Okay. Best director. Okay. Best sound. Okay. Best film editing. Okay. And best music slash scoring of music. Okay. So it won two of the big ones, and yeah. then everything else was just sound because it was very well sound. Mm-hmm. Sound was very well mixed. Mm-hmm. And then it was entered in the National Film Registry in two thousand one. Only in two thousand one. Yeah. I wonder if that was one of the anniversaries. Because uh, it would have been before, because 65 was the 40th anniversary. So my guess was they... 2005 would have been the 40th anniversary? Sorry, 2005. It came out what in 60. You said 65. Well, yeah, it was already 40 years old at that point. Technically, not, no, not entirely no. true. Um, I was just trying to think, because this all happened during World War II, not World War One. you right. idiot. Anyways, crazy Nazis. Um, the... Uh, Oh, God. I completely... No, my guess is that they probably did it in 2001 because they would have preserved it. They would have started preserving the film at that uh, point. And then yeah. it would have been there available for that the 40th sense. anniversary, which they I know there's a big there's yeah. a big box set that yeah. came out for the 40th anniversary. Yep, I remember that. So I bet you they did that. Uh, not on purpose, but kind of on purpose. Right. So that's all I got for the awards, because surprise, surprise, no technology. <laughs> Maybe it's a musical that takes place in Switzerland. Oh, sorry, in Austria. Yes. Okay. So the director is Robert Robert Wise. I think it's Wise, not Weiss. Because it actually is Wise. Yeah. Yeah, I would call it's I would wise. say that's Wise because that's, <laughs> that's how he spells his name. Yep. Uh, just so we have that established. Okay. 
also, Robert Wise. I need to find out who William Wyler is. Who's William Wyler? Now, wasn't there a name that uh, when like, during the opening credits? Didn't uh, you? yes. Hold on. Was it the Ernest? Doo, 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 was it the writing credit? Was it the, the Ernest Leman? Was it Ernest Lehman? Lehman. Yeah. Because that was the one that I remember I, I read. Oh, North by Northwest. Oh yeah, he wrote North by Story. Story. Yeah, that's why I'm like he's come up before. Yeah, he has. Okay. I'm like because when when that name came up and that's oh who who's afraid of Virginia Woolf? Wow, so this is the fourth one of his yeah. movies that we've seen. Um, I just I because yeah you know you can tell that this is this this podcast is helping us because it's like oh yeah that name sounds very familiar i would have never known that name beforehand right but now it's like oh yeah he did the screenplay for these five movies that we've seen so okay hold on i need to figure out who the hell william wyler is what why is that because his name pops up in the trivia and i have no idea who the hell he is <laughs> william wyler yeah wyler why words are hard william wyler w-y-l-e-r huh well, he didn't have anything to do with the movie. Wait, wait, maybe he did. Hold on, I'm an idiot. Oh, best. Wait, he got a he. Okay, he got an Academy Award for directing. Not this movie. No, he died in '81. Okay, that doesn't help me. I don't know. There's nothing about him on this. Why does his name come up? I don't know. Hold on. Oh, guess what? He uh he did uh, Ben Hur. Yeah, he did. <laughs> oh, isn't uh, Best Years of Our Lives? Isn't that one of the ones that's coming up? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and if you he doesn't even come up on here for the sound of music at all. Yeah, well, that's strange. Okay, well, well I'm when gonna, he gets to it, I'm maybe just we'll... no. It's the very first trivia fact. Oh, okay. That's why I'm talking about it. So, as part of his research for the film, William Wyler met with the real Maria von Trapp and the mayor of Salzburg. Wyler was concerned that the local residents would be alarmed at seeing their buildings draped with Nazi flags and seeing stormtroopers in the streets only 25 years after the real thing had taken place. The mayor assured him that the residents had managed to live through the Anschluss the first time and would survive it again. Other city officials were much more resistant to the idea of decorating Salzburg with Nazi colors. They soon changed their mind when the filmmaker said they would use newsreel footage instead. This footage was actually highly incriminating as it showed the Salzburgers openly welcoming the Nazis, something that had that the proposed scenes for the film would not do. Was originally set to direct the film. Thank you but was unable to find enthusiasm to make a movie that had all those Nazis in it. Fair enough. Fair okay, enough. thank you for explaining that to me because I was really confused. I, I had to look it up too because I'm like, because you're talking about him like he has something to do with the it's film. It's like he was directing it. I'm like, um... Like, no, he didn't. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's why. Julie Andrews sang Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious to the children in the cast to entertain them between shooting. Since Mary Poppins which came out in 1964, had mm -hmm. yet, or was filmed in 1964, had not been released, they thought she just made up the song for them. <laughs> oh, little did they know she mm. didn't. Charmaine Carr, who played Liesel and was 21 at the time, wrote in her autobiography that she was attracted to the 35-year-old Christopher Plummer, who played her father. Plummer admitted that the feeling was mutual, but insists that it did not get beyond mere flirtation. Uh. That's because Christopher Plummer is hot in this movie. <laughs> Again, if you have, no one's ever seen this movie... He looks wanna, he, like Michael Fassbender. He is Michael Fassbender. I have a theory. Yeah, okay. <laughs> the day after the Von Trapp family left Austria by train to Italy, not by trekking over the mountains to Switzerland as the film depicts, Hitler ordered the borders of Austria to be shut. So they just made it out. So which... which I. Okay, yep. Yep, yep, yep. During... 
When the film was released in South Korea, it did so much business that some theaters were showing it four or five times a day. One theater owner in Seoul tried to figure out a way to be able to show it even more often in order to bring in more customers, so he cut out all the musical numbers. <laughs> Damn. It's <laughs> funny. I'm pretty sure that would have made this movie about two and a half hours. Or actually, no, it made it about two hours then to that point. Christopher Plummer intensely disliked working on the film. He's been known to refer to it as the sound of mucus, or S&M, <laughs> and likened working with Julie Andrews to being hit over the head with a big Valentine's Day card every day. Nonetheless, he and Andrews have remained close friends ever since. So what, she was, because she was so nice and lovey and romantic cheerful, and cheerful and that Mary it was just Poppins, like, like she's Julie freaking Andrews. I would like to have a sad day, please. Drink my booze. <laughs> yes. Julie Andrews nearly turned down the role of Maria Von Trapp, fearing the character was too similar to her role in Mary Poppins. Yeah, I can see that. Shows up and help a bunch of kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. While the Von Trapp family hiked over the Alps to Switzerland in the movie, in reality, they walked to the local train station and boarded the next train to Italy. From Italy, they fled to London and ultimately the United States. Salzburg is, in fact, only a few miles from the Austrian-German border and is much too far from either the Swiss or Italian borders for the family to escape by walking. Had the Von Trapps hiked over the mountains, they would have ended up in Germany, near Adolf Hitler's mountain retreat. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> no, 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 totally. That's totally where they went. They went and gave him the finger and then kept walking. <laughs> they used to make me really anxious at the end of the movie that they were just, like, walking in the mountains. I'm like... <laughs> Where are they going? Where are they going to go? Very little was known or available to Christopher Plummer about the real Captain Von Trapp, so the actor took to, took to the Salzburg Mountains with an interpreter. There they met Georg's nephew and asked him what the real man was like. The nephew told him that he was the most boring man he'd ever met. Oh, so he played the character. So, okay, yeah. so Christopher Plummer's opinion on the part was true. He was playing a boring character. Christopher Plummer admits on the DVD commentary that he was drunk during the shooting of the music festival sequence at the end. <laughs> I like Christopher Plummer. <laughs> Gaining a newfound respect for the man. Being house, from Wisconsin, that's what we have to do. Yes. The house that was used as the Von Trapp home was actually owned by actress Hedy Lamar. Oh, Headley. interesting. <laughs> Sorry, it just makes me think of Blazing Saddles anytime <laughs> Hedy Lamar gets mentioned. <laughs> Every year, the Hollywood Bowl in Los Angeles hosts an annual Sound of Music sing-along where the song lyrics are shown underneath the screen. The actors who played the Von Trapp children and indeed the real Von Trapp children themselves often make appearances at what has consistently been a sold-out event. Yeah, because that's the one thing, and we're probably spoiling some random other piece of trivia, but I almost... A good chunk of the real Von Trapp kids are still alive. I think so, yeah. Um, you, you said uh, pretty much all of the all kids, the from, kids the from the movie, movie are, are still alive. alive. All of them. I um, checked last week. Because if you think about them, like most of them, like the oldest one was 21 in 1965. So yeah, obviously they're, you know, they're all in like anywhere from their 50s to their 70s at this point. But they're all still alive. And they all moved to Vermont after they yeah. fled to America. And they all live in Vermont. They lived in Vermont for the longest time. So it's like, yeah, they're Americans now. Yeah. And <laughs> um, the main reason the film was not shown inside Germanic Europe is because of the serious historical inaccuracy to both the Anschluss of Austria and the Nazi party being portrayed inaccurately just in general. 
Even before it came out, Hedy Lamarr warned the studio not to show it inside Germanic Europe because she knew how the men, especially, would react, but the studio executives laughed her off. Several other famous famous Germanic Europeans also did not take kindly to the film and became quite vocal. These include Peter Lorre, who had seen the Broadway play, Marlene Dietrich, Ava Gabor, Billy Wilder, Audrey Hepburn, Werner Klemper, John Banner, Fritz Lang, Carl Freuden, Robert Clary, and Eric Palmer. Damn, they took a chunk It is what caused the studio to pull the film from cinemas six months before they intended to, causing them to actually lose money on its first release. It was not until the late 1970s that the film would actually break even. Damn. See, now I'm confused. What aspect was incorrectly shown? Am I, am I missing something? Because I'm like, I, th- I feel like... Pretty the, sure that's how the Nazis were. And I feel like their portrayal was fairly I mean, accurate for what I know of the Nazis. I don't know, like, about the Anschluss of Austria. It's entirely possible that that was wrong, because I don't know anything about the Anschluss. Right. I just know how to say it. It's got that weird B on the end of it. <laughs> it does, that weird German I, I gotcha, yeah. That's actually on. how I write my Bs normally. It's weird. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we can follow up That's on that. interesting. I'm going to have to look that up. The movie is based on Maria von Trapp's 1949 memoir, The Story of the Von Trapp Family Singers. She has also published another book, Maria, in 1972, and said that while she was able to attend the opening of the musical on Broadway, she did not have the same luck with the film premiere in 1965. She was able to convince 20th Century Fox to let her see a preview of the movie and expected an invitation to the premiere, but, and quote, when I didn't hear anything about it no invita- and no invitation arrived, I really humbled myself to go and ask the producer whether it would be allowed to come. He said he was very sorry indeed, but there were no seats left. <laughs> Once you made space. Yeah. Julie Andrews had to learn to play the guitar, especially for this film. Um, 16 Going on 17 was shot in the gazebo, one of the last to be done. Uh, on the first take, Charmaine Carr, who plays Liesel, slipped while leaping across the bench and fell through a pane of glass. Although she was not badly injured, her ankle was hurt, and the scene was later shot with her leg wrapped and makeup covering the bandages. However, the bandages were still visible, but they took them out in the DVD release. They've been digitally out- edited out. Really? Mm-hmm. You know, I was Which actually- makes me wonder, because I have this on VHS. So, you should so I wonder if it's still in there. No, I'm curious. You know, because I was actually thinking about that, because during that dance number where they're jumping up, because it's what you said, when they're yeah. jumping up on the on the seats and they're running back, I'm watching that going like, how the hell they didn't like break something during that sequence, because that does not look like something no. that would have been easily done. Yeah, it's a musical. <laughs> during the scene with Maria and the captain in the gazebo, Julie Andrews couldn't stop laughing due to a lighting device that was making, in her words, a raspberry every time she leaned in to kiss Plummer. So it was going like this. <laughs> <laughs> After more than 20 takes, the scene was altered to silhouette the two and to hide Andrew's giggles. That's going to be pretty bad when it's just like, okay, you know what? Just put them in shadows. We don't can't we can't see them anymore. At the beginning of the filming, uh, the girl who plays Louisa was about three inches taller than the guy who played Friedrich. He had to wear heel lifts to make him look taller. But however, by the end of the shoot, Nicholas Hammond, who plays Friedrich, had grown six inches from 5'3 to 5'9. He often filmed in no shoes and Charmaine Carr had to stand on a box to make her taller. All of the Von Trapp children grew a lot during the filming, so heel lifts and various camera tricks were used to keep their heights steady. You also notice that Gretel's face changes. Mm-hmm. She looks older at the end of the movie than she does in the beginning. Do you also say Frederick? 
sponsor. <laughs> Wrong movie. I keep because I I keep pronouncing Friedrich. it Frederick. It's Friedrich. And then you go Friedrich. It's Friedrich. It's not even spelled Frederick. If it's no, kind it's of, not. It's got an F R I E D R I C H. I read that Free as Frederick. E E Edric. I read In that German, as... if the E comes second, you pronounce the E. If the I comes second, you pronounce the I. I'm Italian. And you took French in high school. I don't remember it. <laughs> What do you I want? took German in college for a semester, and Colin took German in high school. I don't The song Edelweiss things. was written for the musical and is little known in Austria. The song was the last song that Oscar Hammerstein II wrote before his passing in 1960. Oh. It is a good song, in all fairness. The music in this movie is freaking catchy as hell. <laughs> Peggy Wood, who played Mother Abbess, not only had a hard time vocally with Climb Every Mountain, which had to be dubbed, but she had an even harder time being able to lip sync to the pre-recorded track. The intro is lengthy, and when the vocals come in, Peggy couldn't master the limp synchronization perfectly. Once the song into the song, she did fine, but perfectly catching that first word was difficult, and it kept getting flubbed. After a number of takes and seeing how distressing Miss Wood was, how yeah, how it was distressing Miss Wood with every try, Wise had her face away from the camera so her face and mouth couldn't be seen. Her vocals started when she was turned away so she could synchronize her lip movement out of camera sight. Then when she turns toward the camera, she was in perfect sync. In fact, the overall effect of her looking through the window as if communing with the higher spirit worked even better than the original blocking and it added to the mystical emotion of the song and scene. I like when they do, I like when, I, we've discussed it before, I like when crap like that happens. Yeah. When it's like, oh yeah, this was, okay, okay, they're just so frustrated, like fine, just do it this way. Oh, that actually worked better. Why didn't we just think of that in the first place? Like, I love when crap like that happens. Happy accidents. The little girl who played Marta had lost so many teeth, or had many loose teeth during filming, and when they fell out, they were replaced with false teeth. <laughs> According to the British tabloid The Sun, the movie was selected by the BBC executives as one to be broadcast after a nuclear strike to improve the morale of survivors. The BBC did not confirm or deny the story, saying this is a security issue and so we cannot comment. (laughs) Although Christopher Plummer's own vocals were in fact recorded, it was subsequently decided that he should be dubbed. By the guy who did, uh, like, 101 Dalmatians and a bunch of cartoons, like, okay. Disney movies from the 60s. Because I looked him up when I made, when I'm like, oh, he, because there's listening that it's like, oh, it's by, Chris, like, this song was sung by Christopher Plummer, but then it's, like, dubbed by, and it was kind of weird. Robert Wise did not get along with the real Maria Von Trapp when she came to the set and said she was bossy. After the Von Trapps fled Austria, their home was taken over by Heinrich Himmler, one of the key players of the Nazi party, and Adolf Hitler personally visited Himmler there several times. Ugh. Ew. In real life, Georg Von Trapp was not stern. The Von Trapp children were upset and disturbed by the portrayal of their father in this film. The real Maria Von Trapp requested that director Robert Weiss soften the character of her husband, but Weiss refused. Adjusted for inflation, this would be the third highest grossing movie of all time. Sorry, we've got a lot. We're not even halfway through the trivia right now. It's nuts. I find that a lot of movies like this, these classic, like for so many years, classic films tend to have a lot of trivia. Christopher Plummer admitted he ate and drank heavily during the filming to drown out his unhappiness with making the picture and found plenty of opportunity to do both in Austria. His costume eventually had to be refitted because he got fat. It took a while for me to re- to, to see Christopher Plummer in that because I'm so as yeah, we discussed, you're used to him being older. I'm so used to him being older that I'm not used to him being a young guy because he's done so much work in the last freaking 
15 years that I know of, let alone, obviously, he's never stopped acting. So it's just, it's weird to see him. Uh, Maria's wedding train was 14 feet long. Damn. It's bigger than my car. <laughs> the actors had to be continually hosed down while filming the scene after they fall out of the boat to remain dripping wet. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> do, 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 do. Who got Sorry, to hose down Julie Andrews? <sighs> she's a fairly attractive lady. Even with the short hair. Yeah. She's one of those people I don't... I, I almost... Don't know if long hair would look Okay, here's the thing, guys. If you want to know more of this trivia... Yes. Please read it yourself. Because it's... There is literally pages and pages and pages of... Do you want to pick one more? I'm I'm kind of scrolling through. And then we will move on to... Oh, Marnie Nixon had become well-known in Hollywood circles as a ghost singer for the leads in several film adaptations of hit Broadway musicals. She provided the vocals for Deborah Kerr in The King and I from 1956, Natalie Wood in West Side Story from 1961, and Audrey Hepburn in 1964. The Sound of Music provided a rare on-screen performance for Marnie Noxon, who plays Sister Sophia. Julie Andrews had previously appeared on Broadway in My Fair Lady, but was passed over for the film. The producers were wary of how Julie Andrews would react to Nixon because she dubbed Aubrey Hepburn's vocals in a role made famous by Andrews. When Andrews first met Nixon, she exclaimed, Marnie, I'm a fan of you, and the producers were relieved. <laughs> so when we hear Natalie Wood singing... Yeah. That's not Natalie Wood. That's the one of the nuns in... Hold on, I need to see which one she was. But that's all I'm going to read for trivia. We've got way too much otherwise. Well, let me do... um, I'm going to choose the order that I'm going to do these two in. I'm going to do Inflation Nation first. Because, sadly, there was one Inflation Nation. Oh, Marnie Noxon is still alive. Who's that one? Marnie Noxon. Oh, she's the nun in the glasses. Oh, okay. If that helps anybody. (laughs) Besides me. For all those out there that know this movie... She's, like, very prominently featured in the first, like, opening scene where they're singing. I'll check it out. How you saw the problem. I do want to... She was my favorite nun because she had glasses. I, I do want to go back real quick and look at the movie because the they say that Maria... The real Maria Von Tramp... Trap. Trap. Maria Von Trapp and her then-infant daughter make a cameo appearance yes. in the film. When, um... What is... What's the song? Like, uh, it's the one where Julie Andrews is uh, with her luggage. I have confidence. I have confidence. Like, apparently there's a point in that where there's an archway that they actually walk across. Yeah. Right? So the real Maria Von Tramp trap is in this movie. Yes. All right. So Inflation Nation. Trap with a P. So yes. Don't say it with an M. Can't help it. Um, inflation Nation. I have one Inflation Nation. Oh. And it what, what? wasn't even in the movie. It was what I found on Wikipedia. Oh. Because, honestly, there was never any mention of money in this movie. Nothing. No, like, how much someone's worth or even, like, hey, this is a penny. Like, nothing. So, what it was um, is uh, $500,000 is the amount that the real Maria Von Trapp got in royalties for the movie. Is the equivalent to $3.7 million. So, in royalties alone for them just doing a movie adaptation of the musical based upon her book. She got almost $4 million. So I thought that was kind of well, cool. That's good. That's all I have for Inflation Nation. This Woo! Kind of sad. A little bit of sad. So let's just move and on. That's to, it. That is it. Let's just move on to Stuff, stuff and, and Things. Stuff and Things. With stuff Jeff. and Things with Jeff. It's a great theme song. Thank you. <laughs> stuff and Things. Stuff and Things. Stuff and Things with Jeff. Uh, fashion no. show. Fashion show. Fashion show at lunch. Sorry. That was the tune. 
Number one. <laughs> That's a hell of a walk up to the top of the mountain just to sing and spin. Yes. Number two. I'm pretty sure the word that means Maria is Maria. Just saying. Whole song dedicated to that. Number three. Sounds like Maria has a case of the sudden death syndrome. <laughs> there will be a link to what that is okay, referencing good. on I'm the glad. website. I'm glad. It's a brilliant 20-minute short musical. Oh, it's so brilliant. Independent well, film. That wasn't a 48 hour, was it? No, it no, was okay. not. It was just one that they did for fun. It's so brilliant. So awesome. Uh number four. Lysel. Lysel? Liesel. Liesel. Damn it, I knew I was gonna mess that up. Liesel is Spider Woman. That's the only explanation for how she scaled the house and into Maria's bedroom. Also, yeah. then, side note, later on, found out that one of the boys, one of the actors who played one of the other kids, grew up to play Spider-Man yep. in the Sorry. 1970s live-action show that I used to watch. Oh, God, that Truth. show was so terrible. Um, number five, what's with everyone wasting their food? Everybody, like, takes bites out of stuff, and then, like, the kids just throw half-eaten food. I just... I, sorry. I'm it was sorry. bothering me. Wasted food bothers me. I know it does. Really does. Number six. Please tell me you saved those two pieces of pizza when yes, you I did. Okay, good. <laughs> Number six. Damn, is that mom puppet stacked? <laughs> Seriously. Big boobs for a puppet. Yep. Number seven. Did Made of wood. <laughs> They're hard. Terrible implants. Number seven, did Maria teach the orchestra how to play My Favorite Things so they could play it at the ball? Yep. Is she a composer now, too, by chance? Just, I don't know. Number eight, okay, so here's my theory. Number eight, Michael Fassbender is a time-traveling Christopher Plummer from the 1960s. Discuss. <laughs> well, after seeing X-Men Days of Future Past, I'm assuming that... I'm not going to spoil it for anybody. We kept, I kept joking, or I, I made a joke, and I kept thinking the entire time, I'm like, oh, so he's Magneto, and they're just going to do some time-traveling crap, and he's just going to start well, flying. Well, reality, Magneto got put into a... Con no, that wouldn't work, because <laughs> Magneto was Magneto a was tiny a kid, kid yeah. in the 40s, and Christopher Plummer was like 35. So, no. He wouldn't have been 35 in the movie. I don't think that man would have seven children. Hold on. He was, the real one was born in 1880. No, no. I'm doing math real quick. So if this was during so the start if of if he World was 35 II, and Liesl was 16. Was 16. He would have had her when he was 19. That's. It's doable. It's doable. Eh. Yeah. The real one was born in 1880. So if this was the 30s, he was already in his 50s. Yeah. So which would have meant then at the time. You know, if we're still going by the year, like the the year of how old she, the oldest one is, then he would have had her when he was thirty, which was still more reasonable. Mm -hmm. But yeah, um, number nine. So yeah, that's my theory. Because seriously, you look at you look at a nineteen sixty five Christopher Plummer, Christopher Plummer, and you put him side by side with a modern day Michael Fassbender. They freaking are identical. Yep. They look so... So you know what fans of Michael Fassbender, you know what he's going to look like when he's in his 80s. Uh, anyways, number nine. Maria ruins all touching moments by busting into song. Yep. Just saying. And then finally, number ten. Oh, hi, Nazis. Because <laughs> they showed up. And <laughs> that was the first thing I thought of. When they do oh, the panning shots. Like, oh, hi, Nazis. All right. Well, that is all I have. That's, that's all, all your stuff plus. and things? That's all my stuff and things. Like I said, I stopped the Nazi one and then the, the Maria ruining touching moments were the, really the only two things from the second yeah. act of the show. Like, everything was from the first act. I just, you know, 
I sat and watched the movie. I got sidetracked. Good. Again, by I'm the glad. Oh, uh, yes. Because The Sound of Music is a good movie. The Sound of Music is a very is is a very enjoyable film. I think I would like to see it performed live. I would like to see like an actual professionally done variation of it just to kind of see. You know, I've never seen it on stage. I've never seen it. This was the first time I've watched or Local seen. Local production or otherwise. Correct. Like, I auditioned seen, like, for it as a kid and didn't get into it. Like, I've seen, like, Fiddler on the Roof, and I've seen all those types of movies. <laughs> or what, I'm not going to go into what I called it. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> I know what you call it. <laughs> I do not call Fiddler on the Roof Fiddler on the Roof No, he doesn't. All. Oh, but, I need this for um, the last half. But no, like, I think, um, I think... Like I would, I would. The songs I, are well written, yes, and yes, catchy. it's it's sweet and sentimental, and yeah. you know whatever. But, but it's still good. It's very much so a late fifties, early sixties musical. Like it's that, like everything is happy. Like everything is gonna, like everything, like it's it's a West Side Story. Well, West Side Story is a little sadder than this one actually. Ugh. But it's like it's it's very much so. That kind of like everything is gonna be okay. Everything is sweet and happy. We don't have real world problems, and with like oh. a dash of real world problems thrown into it, just for funsies. What? Sorry. Um, complete sidetrack. So Colin and I are watching X Men First Class this weekend. Mm-hmm. I was looking at Michael Fassbender because I wanted to look at and compare pictures. Um, and I wondered why occasionally Eric, in there's a certain scene where he sounds Irish. It's because Michael Fassbender. Was raised in Ireland, there so he go. has an Irish. He's German, <laughs> raised with an raised in Ireland, so has an Irish accent, and is based in London. Maybe I'll post a picture on the website of comparing the two of them, you just really so you guys should. can see them. Just go to the website and look at them. It's it's weird. Um, no. So this movie, I yeah, I was pleasantly surprised. I enjoyed it a lot more than I expected to. No, I would. Um, I know I don't have to ask you. I just uh, whether you would recommend this movie to oh, yeah. anybody. But. Uh, I would, I would definitely recommend it just because it's, it's entertaining. And if you've never seen it, you got to watch it at least once. So, um, any final thoughts regarding the sound of music? I'm really proud of myself that I didn't sing during the podcast so far. Yes, I am very. I proud sang of you. like every song. Every song. Shut up! <laughs> I've seen this. I was raised on this movie when I was little. We was watching it at my grandma's for ever. Ever. <laughs> constantly <laughs> all right Lindsay. well what is the the next movie since your wi-fi is being don't blame ridiculous. my wi-fi do not blame my wi-fi it's your wi-fi's fault no it's not so our next movie is dr strange love or how i learned to stop worrying and love the bomb from 1964 rated pg it's only an hour and 35 minutes and it's a comedy and war movie it's only an hour and 35 minutes yep it's an insane I thought it was a lot longer. I did too. An insane general triggers a path to nuclear holocaust that a war room full of politicians and generals frantically try to stop. Starring Peter Sellers, George C. Scott, Sterling Hayden, Keenan Wynn, Slim Pickens, Peter Bull, James Earl Jones. Oh, that's right. James Earl Jones is in that. Glenn I, Beck. I've honestly not seen Dr. Strangelove I've since. never seen it. I haven't seen it since. I've seen it one time in my life. It was high school. I've never seen it. And but it's going to be good. At the time, I didn't care for it. I felt it went on. I, I seriously, I thought it was a two and a half hour movie. I no. really did. Well, I look forward to seeing um, Doctor Strangelove. Me too. It'll be fun. So it's weird. So we're going from we're going a year back in time. So we're going to 1964. Yeah. This was this was 65. So com- and we're going again. We're going along the the weird spectrum of filmmaking where this is the big budget Hollywood adaptation. 
ultra widescreen, you know, full done production right. in Europe to a low budget independent black and white film. Yep. Just basically done. It's going to be good. It'll be fun. It'll be cool to see. I'm excited. Well, with that, everybody. It's all uphill from here. I'm really excited about the movies we have in the 40s. Yes, we are. We've hit the top 40. The next. No, sorry. The 30s. We have in the 30s. Let's say the the 30s alone. 39 to 30 is pretty darn good. There's only one, two movies I'm not thrilled about. We get to watch Godfather Part 2. We get to watch Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. We want more singing. Yeah. We get to watch. What else we oh, say? the bridge on the river, the quiet. The river where we're excited about. Um, Mr. Smith, Mr. Smith goes to Washington. <gasps> in there. Is it really? I'm almost positive it is. I'm almost positive that was the top thirty. Really? Hold on, let me look. I'll, ver- I'll verify. I'm pretty sure that's what I said when I was reading it. Yeah, hold on. Uh, no, sorry, it's 26. Oh, God damn it, Jeff. <laughs> sorry, sorry. You know my feelings about Jimmy Stewart. Why would you get me all excited? Oh, that's right. One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest. Thank you, yeah. Apocalypse Now. Oh, yeah. Isn't... I'm not really excited about Apocalypse Now, but I am excited about Apocalypse Now because I haven't seen it since high school. Yeah, that's another one I haven't seen it for How many more Alfred Hitchcocks do we have? Well, Vertigo Psycho? and Psycho. So there's two. There's two more. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We Jimmy have... Stewart's and We have three more Vertigo. Jimmy Stewart's movies. Mr. Smith goes, goes to Washington. Washington. It's a wonderful life, life in Vertigo. Vertigo. Those are all in the top 26 of this list. So yay! Yay! Getting there, people. Next week's number 39. I know. Oh my god. I can't. We did it. I should have said, oh my god. I'm it sounded toddling. really stupid. <gasps> totally good night, right here. Oh, hell. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know just happened. I don't either. You need to shut it down. I have to go pack for vacation. You need to say goodnight to CK. No, you need to say goodnight to Radio Raheem and then I say goodnight to CK. I did. I just said that. Oh, did you? That's what I said. Oh, you didn't even understand. I literally didn't understand what you said. That's why I said I have no idea what just happened. I said goodnight Radio Raheem. Wow. (laughs) Write on the wall if you actually understood what Jeff said before he told you because I didn't. Or write what you, yeah, just write what you thought I said. I have no idea what you said. Let's okay, play a little well, game. then, <laughs> good night to C.K. Dexter Haven. I love that movie so much. Birthday present, buy it for me. It's gonna be, it's gonna be a Blu-ray story. copy of Philadelphia Story. Okay, sure. <laughs> and a Jimmy Stewart biography. That's what oh, I want for my birthday. Goodness. We'll give everybody the address at home. We can just no. Buy it on I was Amazon. talking to you. No, no, no. Everybody, chip in, chip in. <laughs> We'll get up a Kickstarter. Oh my gosh. We'll start a Kickstarter. Oh, I'll tell you this off mic. Okay. So, bye everybody. Goodbye. Everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye. Well, that was anticlimactic. I'm sorry. Be like, what the hell are they going to No, because it's not irrelevant. It'll be irrelevant by the time that this comes out. Okay. It has to do with something that's like happening now. Okay. Just shut it down. Okay, bye. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hello, Internet Dwellers. This is Jeff Bell, president of the Ghost Hat Network, here at the end of this episode to give a quick plug about some of our other exciting shows. But wait a minute, Jeff. You have other shows? Why, yes, random listener, we do. If you head over to ghosthat.net, you can find a heap of shows we produce on a semi-regular basis. Like Super Happy Fun Time, the podcast where Colin Kirchner and myself sit one-on-one and talk movies, TV, video games, and other big things we care about. 
The Midnight Sleuth, a comedy detective mystery show in the style of old-time radio that follows the adventures of Midnight Sleuth and his partner, Linda Talbot, as they solve crimes, stop the bad guys, and poke fun at the source material. Famous Person Storytime, a podcast where celebrities retell their favorite nursery rhymes or fairy tales as best as they can remember it, even if that memory is completely wrong. So if you're in need of some new shows to listen to on your commute, while working out, or simply relaxing at home, be sure to head over to ghosthat.net now and subscribe to our shows. For more information about this and other projects, visit our official website at www.ghosthat.net or like us on Facebook at facebook.com ghosthat. Thank you.